the passage for us this morning is Psalms chapter 61. If this is your first time in a church, uh, just a bit of context into what we're about to read. The Psalms is a book of songs in the Bible, um, and about half of them are written by this really good musician, uh, David, who goes on to become the king um, of Israel. And it's, it's beautiful because he writes these songs all throughout his life. So you get a glimpse into what his deepest heart was feeling as he went through these things. And it's through song. And art definitely has something that, that permeates uh, into our souls deeper. And uh, this morning I'm excited to be looking at this song that he wrote. I'll request Kia to read the psalm for us. Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings, Selah. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So I will ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Shall we just pray before we go in? Uh, Father, we thank you. We thank you because um, the, your word is uh, all the sustenance that our souls need. Um, everything that we ever crave for and everything that we ever need to live um, and, to, and, to, uh, and to enjoy this life uh, in, in, in the way that you meant it to be, we have it in your word. So even as we look um, into what you have to speak to us today, Holy Spirit, would you speak to each one of us, irrespective of where we are on our journeys, would you speak to our hearts? And may the message of Jesus shine forth in our hearts into every situation that we are in. Uh, we, we surrender to the power uh, that your word has. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, the Bible doesn't really tell us exactly when David writes this psalm. Uh, but given the content of the psalm, we, are, we can be sure that he's going through a major crisis, um, as he often does in most of his psalms. And, and we can also be sure that he was the king of Israel during this time. Um, one thing good about the, us not knowing what the exact context is, is that we are, we are free to apply. The Holy Spirit applies it in different situations. We are not bogged down to just that one context or situation that is given. So the, this morning, I, I'm really hoping that the Holy Spirit speaks to us in our own context. Um, we're going to be looking at three things in the psalm. The first thing is the prayers of our faint hearts. The prayers of our faint hearts. The second thing is how do we find refuge in God? And the third thing is the answer to our prayer. The prayers of our faint hearts, how do we find refuge in God and the answer to our prayer? 
Allow me to start with a question. The last time we felt overwhelmed with sorrow or trouble, what was our prayer? Or even if we weren't able to get ourselves to even pray, what was the cry or the desire of our hearts the last time our souls were overwhelmed and faint with sorrow or, or trouble? You're probably growing, going through one right now. You're going through a, 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 a difficult, trying, stressful time right now. What's your cry today? Lord, take this away. Lord, uh, remove this from me. Save me from this trouble. Aren't these the usual cries of our hearts? They rightly should be. We should be crying out to God to save us rescue us from the troubles that we are in. But is there room for another kind of prayer as well? David, in this psalm, is, is making something beautiful his prayer. Let's, let's look at it. He's saying, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. And then he goes on to say, let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. David's prayer, in the light of all that he's going through, his heart has grown faint. He's having to repeat it twice. Hear my cry, O oh God. Listen to my prayer. Don't you relate to that? Sometimes you feel like God is not listening to my prayer. When he's in this kind of place, he's praying a different kind of prayer from a prayer of rescue. He, he's, he's, he's asking God, I want to find refuge in you during this time. This is a different kind of prayer from a prayer of rescue, right? Now, let me be absolutely clear. We must pray prayers of rescue as well. David himself, all through the Psalms, there are a lot of prayers of rescue that he's praying. But in this particular instance, he's asking for something different. He's praying that he finds his refuge in God. Why is this kind of prayer important? Why should we pray prayers of refuge as well? When we look at a difficult situation as only something to be rescued from, we're saying as long as this situation persists, I'm not safe. God cannot keep me safe in the midst of this situation. But when we seek God for refuge in the midst of a difficult situation, we're acknowledging that I'm safe in God. Irrespective of whether this situation exists or not, my safety depends on God. Now let me qualify this. There are some situations in life when we should pray only prayers of rescue. Abusive relationships uh, in this broken world, dehumanize, dehumanizing and exploitive environments. We should be, we should be clearly play, praying for rescue, right? These are clear exceptions to whatever I'm about to say in this sermon. What's my limited point? In most difficult situations in life, 
We must pray both prayers of rescue and pray both prayers of refuge and trust God to, to either rescue us from that situation or become our refuge until the situation persists. The Bible is filled with both instances. We see instances where God comes the moment people pray and he rescues them. When the prison doors open for Peter. And there are also instances where God doesn't come like that. But he becomes the refuge of the people praying. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you. So the Bible is filled with both these instances. So we should pray for both the prayers of rescue and prayers of refuge and trust that God would either rescue us from that situation or becomes our refuge until the situation persists. That being said, let's continue looking at what these prayers of refuge do to us. Prayers of refuge help us face the real reason behind our hearts growing faint. Let's see it from the sum. Why is David's heart faint? Let's look at verse 2, what he's saying. He's saying, from the end of the earth I call to you. In verse 4 he's saying, let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. David's crisis has led him to a place where he's far from the dwelling place of God on this earth. In those days, God dwelt in the tabernacle which was the tent of meeting where man met with God. And, and David is far from that place right now. And he's feeling absolutely distant and unsafe. And he's crying, let me dwell in your tent forever. And that is why his heart is growing faint in this crisis. Whether we recognize it or not, the ultimate reason why our hearts grow faint and overwhelmed in any difficult situation is because we feel distant from God. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus or, or don't even believe in God, when we go through difficult situations, don't we feel like we're all alone? We're distant, nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody's able to empathize with me here. We might have loved ones around us, but they're not able to see what I'm going through. We feel distant. As followers of Jesus, because of what Jesus did for us when we believe in him, God is never distant to us. He always resides in us and near to us. But when we go through difficult situations, because we still live in a broken world, our hearts often feel distant to God. And, and here's what difficult situations do. They bring to light this distance that's already been there. You know, last week in our gap groups, uh, when we were reflecting on our, our sorrow journeys and 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 how Christ, uh, how we process that in, in Christ, we, we've, we've answered one very beautiful question, which says, what lies have we been, or, or uh, statements of unbelief have we been telling ourselves in this time? And everyone's answer was, I don't feel like God cares about this. I don't, I don't think, my, my, cry, my cries have gone, gone unheard. I, I don't even feel like praying about this. 
whether we acknowledge it or not, the reason why our hearts grow faint in any difficult situation is because we feel distant from God. You know, Tim Keller, he pens a simple and beautiful prayer that articulates this thought well. He says, Lord, I worry because I forget your wisdom. I resent because I forget your mercy. I covet because I forget your beauty. I sin because I forget your holiness. I fear because I forget your sovereignty. You always remember me. Help me to remember you. Amen. Friends, this morning, have our hearts grown faint? Faint with probably worry? Faint with resentment? Faint with bitterness? Faint with fear? Or faint with just the depths of our own sinfulness? And in, and in, in the midst of your overwhelming situation, none of God's wisdom or mercy or beauty or holiness is, is, is making any sense to you right now. This morning, the invitation is to cry out and ask God to be your refuge. That is what David is doing. He's crying from a distant place. Listen to my prayer, O oh God. Let me dwell in your shelter, in your tent forever. How do we find refuge in God? How do we, how do, we do this? David beautifully prays and he says, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. The last time he, he went through a difficult situation, God was his strong tower. And so he's saying, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have already been my refuge and a strong tower. David, the king... David the warrior, David the worshipper, David the man after God's own heart is praying, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. What is David expressing here? He's saying that he's come to the end of himself, his, his heart has grown faint, and he now needs something more than himself for safety. This amazing king, victorious king, brilliant warrior, a man after God's own heart is saying, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. In other words, David is saying, the only place that I am safe in is in you, God. Apart from your presence, he says there is no safety. And that is why he's saying, let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Now, why is acknowledging this important? In theory, do we know this? I'm safe in God's presence, yeah? But why is acknowledging that I'm safe only in God's presence important to our souls? Let's be honest here. Imagine with me. 
what is the scenario in which you would feel the most safe today? Think in every sense, right? Financially, think relationally, think career-wise, think your family, kids' education, uh, just safety from diseases. What is the safest situation you can be in today? Imagine that scenario. For us, sinfully, safety is where we are completely free to live our lives without any troubles or enemies. Is that right? When we have no troubles or enemies, we would consider ourselves safe. Absence of troubles or enemies is what we see as safety. And of course, this is safety. But let's be honest. What if indeed all our troubles and enemies are gone? Imagine. Imagine, imagine everything is, is just disappeared and our life is, we are living in the pink of health, best job, everything is going great. Left to ourselves, will we indeed be safe? Just left to ourselves. We all have enough experience to be honest and say... That I'm not safe if I'm just left to myself. I'm reminded of Taylor Swift's chart topper where she says, It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. Any perfect situation we go into, because of our indwelling sin, we make that situation imperfect. So, the only place that you and I are safe in it's actually not just in a trouble-free, enemy-free life, but the only place that we are safe in is in the presence of Jesus. It acknowledges that we are not just the victims of these difficult situations we are in, we are also the perpetrators of these difficult situations we are in. Whether we like it or not, our sinfulness is the biggest and most perpetual enemy that we'll be fighting for the rest of our lives when, till Christ comes back again. The enemies on the outside, which is other people's sinfulness and the broken world, are, they come and go. They change with situations. But the sinfulness, the biggest enemy that we'll be facing perpetually, constantly until Jesus comes back, is our own sinfulness. And that is what we primarily need refuge from. And that is why we need to cry, lead me to a rock that is higher than I, because I am not safe for myself. David knows this from experience. How his own sinfulness has contributed to many difficult situations in his life. His lusting, his coveting, his adultery, his murder have, have contributed to many difficult situations in his life. So he knows. That's why he's crying, lead me to a rock that is higher than I. Friends, is it possible that in the messy situations that we are in today, our sinfulness has a role to play in it and, and, and we want a quick fix right now. God, come and take me out of here. I don't want to deal with this. How can we pray 
lead me to the rock that is higher than I in this situation. When all we want to pray is, Lord, lead me to something else. Lead me to a different job. Lead me probably to a different person who's less complicated than this. Lead me to a different city. Lead me to a different community. And all we want to pray is prayers like this. How can we pray, Lord, lead me to yourself because only in you I am safe. Friends, often in this message situations, the Holy Spirit is leading us to the rock that is higher than I, that is higher than ourselves. It is in this rock that we are safe. It is in this God. You know why we are safe in this God? We are safe because He makes us safe not just from the brokenness on the outside. He makes us safe from the brokenness on the inside as well. And you know what the other beautiful part of praying, lead me to the rock that is higher than I is? We're saying, Lord, lead me to yourself. Whether you save me from this situation by rescuing me from it, or whether you keep me safe in the midst of it, I'm ultimately safe in you. So lead me to yourself. How does God answer this prayer? You know, it's interesting how David's prayer sort of changes from verse 5 to verse 6. Look at what's happening. Till verse 4, he's praying for himself in personal capacity. Right? Let me dwell in your tent forever. I'm calling out. But in verse 5, he switches to praying for himself, but in the capacity of the king. He says, prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. What is he praying for though? Of course, David passed away. His years didn't extend even beyond his generation. David's desire and his prayer is actually for a much greater and a much more powerful king. A king who is, who is not limited by death. A king who can reign forever, generation after generation. A king who can never be dethroned by anything. And a king who will sit enthroned before God forever, thereby controlling everything and being sovereign over everything forever. And he realizes that only in the reign of such a greater and a more powerful king is actually real safety and refuge. And God answers this prayer by sending an other king who would come in his lineage. The king, this king was the rock that David desired to be led to. This is King Jesus who came and defeated our biggest enemy, sin and destroyed death indeed to reign forever and then he reigns forever not on some earthly th throne he, he reigns on a heavenly throne seated before God now isn't this beautiful that David's request 
Lead me to a rock that is higher than I. In a strange yet beautiful way, led by the Holy Spirit, is actually being met in his very prayer itself, where he's praying for the rain, the much more powerful, much more greater rain of King Jesus. But why do we have refuge only in this king? You know, unlike David, Jesus the king was absolutely sinless and perfect. Unlike David, who is away from the throne, fleeing, King Jesus willingly left his heavenly throne and came to this earth. He came to take on the sin of every human upon himself. Everything that, are, that makes our hearts grow faint, he took it upon himself. Everything that indeed has the power to make us enemies of God and separate us from him eternally, he took it upon himself. And, and as he bore our sin, this king was led outside Jerusalem, far from the temple as David was, to a hill where he hung on the cross to die a criminal's death. And yet, this physical suffering was not the hardest thing he endured. He knew that the price of bearing your sin and mine would be utter and complete separation from God the Father. And as he hung on the cross, he cried out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And yet, the cry of this perfectly sinless king was not heard because the father poured his just wrath on himself for your sin and mine. The very father whose love and embrace he enjoyed since eternity past forsook him on the cross. The very thing that David craved for and we all desperately need to be in the presence of God the Father, to be heard by Him when we cry out, this very thing was taken away in punishment for this perfect King, so that in redemption can be given to you and me. Friends, on the cross, Jesus became our ultimate refuge, where David cries, let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Just as a mother bird would, would grab her offspring under her wings to keep them safe and take the blows on her own wings, Jesus hung on that cross, took us under his wings and took the ultimate blow of God's wrath on himself. The reason why we are safe in Jesus and he is our refuge is not that the harm has, has disappeared miracle, miraculously. The, the harm fell on Jesus. And no one has ever done that for you and me. And no one will ever be able to do that for you and me. On the third day, this king rose victorious to defeat all sin and death. And this king ascended back to heaven to be seated on his heavenly throne before God forever. He fulfills David's prayer. May he be enthroned before God forever. Jesus is the enthroned king seated on the throne. But not just that. He does one better. 
a follower of Jesus, he says this. He says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Now listen to this. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. We are seated with the enthroned King Jesus before God in the heavenly places. Now, what this means is going to remain a mystery until we see Jesus again. But at the very least... What this means is that as followers of Jesus, you and I have a 24-7 access to the face of God where we can speak to him, cry out to him, and he hears us. Nothing can take this away. This is why Jesus is our ultimate refuge. None of our sinfulness can remove this access that we have to the face of God and to the ears of God. You know, often if we have to be honest, there are times when we look at our own sinfulness and, then, and how it has gotten us into messy situations and forget the world. You yourself look at it and say, you know what, I deserve this. I, uh, I don't deserve this love. When you are your biggest judge, standing and then condemning yourself, Jesus comes as a refuge even there and say, no, I have paid for this. He becomes a refuge. He is our refuge. He leads us gently to himself when we feel we are not deserving of this. You know, this morning, I, uh, I know that you don't need to be a Christian or a follower of Jesus to even come to the understanding that, you know what, I think I'm, I'm a harm to my own self, my own thoughts, the very things that go on in my heart. There's, there's no saving from this. There's, I feel extremely distant. I don't know if there's help. Hey, this morning, the good news is that Jesus is our refuge even from our own selves. And as followers of Jesus, just to come to the understanding, just to come to the, the, the realization that Jesus, you are the rock that I need to be led to, to be saved from my own sinfulness is liberating. Just as we sung that song, forever he is lifted, forever he is glorified, forever he is seated, which means that forever you and I have access to the Father, forever you and I are, are seated with this Jesus in the heavenly places. And nothing 
nothing can separate us from this. He is our ultimate refuge. Shall we pray? Jesus, uh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you because we are indeed safe under the shelter of your wings. We are indeed safe from every lie that not just the world outside but our own souls tell our own selves. Lord, we worship you because the kingdom that we live in, the king is reigning forever with perfect peace and perfect justice. And this is the king our hearts need today, Lord. This is the king that our hearts need today. So we come, Jesus. Take us, Lord. Let us dwell forever in you we cry out we cry out shall we just take a moment to cry out to Jesus in our own hearts friends what is the one really difficult messy situation that we are in this morning that We probably want to just run away from. We're not able to take it anymore. Yes, we should pray, Lord, save me from here. But shall we probably just also say, help me find refuge in you. Help me find refuge in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.